For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts for the site, along here with my co-expert, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? It is a beautiful day in Colorado, my friend. It's a beautiful day. Whether, whether it's raining or not, it's still a beautiful day here in the Centennial State. I'm just saying. And it's a beautiful day here in Ohio as well, more in the literal sense, as it's, yeah. it's 80 degrees and sunny. See, enjoy that, man. We sent it your way. That's the beauty of it. We sent that weather towards you, so you're welcome. Now, next week, of course, there's uh, we're supposed to be in the 40s, but uh, that, that's Ohio weather for you. So yeah. you um, I, last week, we in a 48-hour period, we went from 72 to two inches of snow. So... <laughs> Kind of like how it is in Colorado. Springtime. You got to love it. Absolutely. So we are doing this podcast because there is some big news. As you've probably heard by now, the Rockies will have the 2021 All-Star Game and the 2021 Amateur Draft as well. Before the Amateur Draft, um, well, starting in 2009 when MLB Network launched, um, they had it there at MLB Network Studios. Last year, um, there were, I believe they were going to have it in Omaha, um, which was the site of the College World Series. Right. But with pandemic, they, they changed that. And then this year, um, they were going to start having it at the All-Star Game sites. So the Rockies will have it now um, since Atlanta will not have it. And MLB announced that news Friday, last Friday, um, in a controversial move that, um, unfortunately, whatever way, and I think whatever way Rob Manford would have gone with it, um, it would have created some controversy with one side or another. Um, I hope, I hope it doesn't cost now the Rockies or baseball in general, any fans, because there are going to be some people that are going to boycott. And um, MLB has already had enough issues with ratings and attendance. Attendance has gone down every year since 2007. Um, And obviously with pandemic too, but um, as of now, at least, it seems like Coors Field will be if not 100% capacity, very close to 100% capacity for the game in July. Yeah, and and to me, that's an exciting thing right there. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about with the All-Star game. And and I understand there's going to be some blowback over the next week or so. It's going to be a hot-button topic. Talk radio is going to bring it up. 
blogs are going to bring it up. We're all going to be talking about, you know, it being pulled out of Atlanta and in Colorado and what does that mean and the optics of it. And, you know, you're going to hear all these different takes. And guess what? In a week or so, something else is going to happen that everybody's going to pivot toward that. And then we'll have the hot take starting back up in like around the 4th of July, you know, right after Nolan and the Cardinals leave and we hear all about that trade, then we'll start pivoting back to, you know, the, what brought the all-star game to Coors instead of Atlanta. So, but here's, here's the thing. And is that we have an opportunity, as you said, Noah, it's not just the MLB all-star game. It is home run derby. It is the futures game. It is the draft. It's the celebrity softball game. It's the 5k. It's the neighborhood events. It's everything that goes along with the all-star game that is going to pump money into the Denver economy. It's going to pump, they're estimating between 150 and $190 million into the economy that for this event. So we can talk about, you know, Dick Monfort doesn't deserve it. We can talk about it should have never been moved out of Atlanta. There's a lot of things we can talk about, but I think it's important to realize the economic impact this is going to have on Denver and to embrace the fun that it's going to be for that, those few days, whenever the eyes of the baseball world uh, have to go out to 5,280 feet. And there's already been some uh, interesting takes on Twitter for the home run derby. Get rid of the humidor, bring back the 2019 baseballs. Let's use metal bats. They're just, just absolutely clobber baseballs. Let's make them like golf balls, please. Um, So that would, that would be, um, very interesting to see, but um, for uh, we'll try not to get much into this politically. Um, we'll try to toe a fine line here, but you happen to work in the election field in the 2020 election there in Colorado, and um, there's been some people who have, haven't said much about it or. And then there's been some people who said it's a great move moving it to Colorado. And then there's the people who are saying, okay, you move the game out of Atlanta. Um, and because, for example, President Joe Biden said that the voting law there in Georgia was something, uh, he said something to the effect of Jim Crow on steroids. When Atlanta is 52% African-American, if I'm not mistaken, and Denver is 10%. And Colorado, according to some people at least, has more restrictive voting laws than that of Georgia. So it's, it's something where it's, of course, it's another hot button issue. And it's the reason why the game is actually coming to Colorado is because of that, but it's, I kind of want to get your take on some of the people who, especially who don't live in Colorado, um, talking about that. Yeah. And and I think that's the thing that frustrates me more than anything is that there's a lot of takes about what happens in Colorado by people who don't live in Colorado. And, and I think that's the thing that I hate the most about our reactionary society and how everything has come so politicized. Everything has, you know, wearing a mask or voting or the all-star game. It's all politicized right now. Um, you know, you mentioned, 
I volunteered during the last presidential election uh, in, in Boulder County, where I live, you know, here in Colorado. And, and I can tell you, uh, for roughly two weeks leading up to, I was part of the team that went around uh, to the boxes, collected the ballots, secured them, and all, all the steps. And I'm not going to get into to that uh, because there, there's a lot of things that you're just going to have to trust. And I'm sorry, you, but you are. Uh, but there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes and numerous checks that these ballots go through to ensure that they are not only delivered safely, but that they're counted as well. And, and I come from a state originally, you know, I'm originally from Oklahoma. Uh, you probably heard the Southern accent. You know, there's, that's a state where ballot boxes and, and dropping ballots off ahead of time was, was not even a thing. Uh, before I moved here. So I'm a guy who really mu very much enjoys the convenience of dropping off your ballot. I had no issues moving here, getting a ballot, voting. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's just a lot of things that I read and I'm like, the people who are writing it, the people who are saying it have never spent an election in Colorado and they don't understand what they're talking about. And I think if you ask any Colorado, and they will say that the ease of voting here is so much better than so many other parts of the country. And if we could use this as a model for other places, it, it would it would relieve so much of the crud that we hear about right now uh, whenever it comes to the election. And that's about as political as I'm ever going to get right there. And I actually happen to work as a poll worker at the twenty in the 2018 midterm election, and. Like, for example, today on um, Fox Sports 1, um, Undisputed is the show. Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. You know, Skip Bayless known for his hot takes. But I, I didn't watch the clip. But if uh, they claimed that in the caption that um, it shouldn't be easier to get a gun than it is to vote. I don't know how that is in the other 49 states. I don't live in the other 49 states. I can tell you in the state of Ohio, that's a bunch of crap. It's, it's, uh, it's so easy to get a ballot, at least where I live. Um, for, uh, for example, our voting, you, can, you don't have to have an excuse to vote absentee. You can vote in person 30 days before the election. Um, you just have to go to your local board of elections ask for a ballot and it'll be just like how it is on election day, but you're just not doing it on election day. You can ask for an absentee ballot. And as long as it's postmarked by the day of the election, it's counted. Um, and you're allowed to, uh, that ballot has 10 days to get in after the election. Um, so, and all you have to do is you have to have, an ID and which at least here in Ohio is easy to get. Um, and in fact, if you don't have a driver's license, you can actually, I believe it, it's either $10 or it's free. It, it's something very minimal. Um, and you just have to scan it when you go in and okay, you haven't voted yet. Okay. You're in. Here's your ballot. So it's, at least here in Ohio, it is, it's very easy to be able to vote. Now, like I said, the other 49 states, I can't tell you. 
the outlying islands like American Samoa and all that. I obviously cannot tell you that because I don't live there. But at least here in Ohio, that is that is not the case here in Ohio. Um, so that will obviously be a hot button issue for the uh, foreseeable future, unfortunately. Um, and like I said at the top, hopefully it doesn't impact baseball um, in, because I mean, for example, last year, there were no fans in the stands in the regular season, but yet the world series, it was the least watched world series in history. Yeah. And essentially whatever way Manfred would have gone on it, you're alienating 30, 40, 50, even more percent of your fans when your fans are already leaving. And that's, that's a problem either way, unfortunately. Um, and I mean, even the other sports, it's, it's particularly the NFL and the NBA, their ratings have not been that great. And part of it, I think, is the uh, social justice stuff and all that, which, I mean... Obviously, here in America, you can choose to watch whatever you want to watch. If you don't want to hear it, you don't, you don't have to hear it. If you don't want to listen to me talk right now, you can pause it and you can go to a different podcast. That's your right. Um, so, yeah, that's something that unfortunately has been part of the culture in the past few years. Um, and I, I shouldn't say unfortunately part of the culture. I should say unfortunately has been a negative impact on sports in recent years. So on the other side of this break, though, we'll talk more about the all-star festivities as well as, you know, I've, I've got to make another rant. It's not about the all-star game this time. It's about something else that you knew was going to happen as soon as opening day started. And sure enough, it has. So on the other side of this break, we'll talk about that. You're on the Rocks Pile, Rockies Report. And we are back here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Noah Yingling and Kevin Henry here with you. Um, and we will continue our discussion on the All-Star Game. And um, we, well, well, you actually just recently talked with a few different Rockies, Charlie Blackman, uh, Vinny Castilla, who, of course, former Rocky, and Bud Black about the All-Star Game. And Charlie Blackman in particular, he... He has um, he had some interesting thoughts on it, um, especially because he is from Georgia, but obviously he plays for the Rockies, so he he understands a little bit of both sides. It seems. Yeah, I mean he's from Atlanta, played at Georgia Tech. He still spends a lot of time in Atlanta, so he sees what this the economic impact of this move is going to make. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So, you know, Charlie Charlie. Um, was happy for the city of Denver. Obviously, there was some sadness there regarding uh, what it's going to do to the Atlanta economy. Uh, he did call it a crushing blow uh, to the Atlanta economy. And let, let's face it, it is. It, and that yeah. was the point, uh, you know, of doing this, uh, I think, in the eyes of Rob Manfred, is that it would make an economic statement. Uh, you know, Denver will benefit from it. Atlanta obviously will not. Uh, but but Charlie really, at least in my mind, he you know he's such an intellectual baseball player. 
in person as well. And, and anytime that I get to talk to Charlie, it's really fascinating whenever he's really in tune with what you're saying and he talks about it. And one of the questions that was asked uh, by Owen Perkins in today's uh, press conference was just kind of, of regarding the Atlanta situation regarding pulling the all-star game as well as we know that the, uh, I believe it's the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson coming into the majors happens next year. So tying that in with diversity and, and everything else. And Charlie really gave a very interesting answer about diversity in today's baseball or in today's major league baseball environment. Uh, so let's listen to this clip of Charlie and, and listen again to kind of the, the passion that he puts behind his words in this clip. So I'm from Atlanta, grew up in Atlanta, went to college in Atlanta, still spent a lot of time in Atlanta, and that is a crushing blow to, to Atlanta, absolutely. Hundreds of millions of dollars, economic impact, um, you know, everything that's so great about Denver getting that city, it is what's so bad about it leaving Atlanta. It's going to it's going to really hurt those people and they're going to miss out on an incredible opportunity. It's a it's a, a, a I mean there's great people in Atlanta. It's an unbelievable new ballpark that that I like to play in. Um, so I don't think it should be lost in how controversial it is to move the game. This is a big deal. Saying this and moving the game is a big deal. Um, absolutely a big deal. Um, you know, moving out of Atlanta, I'm glad that it's in Denver because that's, you know, that's another great, great part. But I think besides, besides the point, um, you know, it's, it's very controversial, this game moving. And um, I think there's a lot of mixed feelings about it. Um, I, you know, I personally I don't have an opinion on the, on the bill or the reason for the move. Um, I haven't read it cover to cover. I don't have all the facts. I'm not arrogant enough to think that my opinion matters. Um, and I do know that, that Major League Baseball uh, is one of the most diverse collections of people on, on the planet competing at the highest level in part because of what Jackie Robinson did 75 years ago. That's why we have the best league. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from, what language you speak, what you look like. If you can play the game at the highest level, you can be on this field and compete. And that's the beauty of, of what this means to have an all-star game and, and to make it so special because it is the greatest collection of talent in the world. Um, in saying that, we have that diverse group of people within our brotherhood, within our our collection, and in the in the greater Major League Baseball family. I mean, it's I mean, it's just changing. It's very inclusive. You know, men, women, minorities. Like, it doesn't matter. It, you know, if you can if you can enjoy the game and, and and compete, and I mean, it's it's for everyone. Um, and in saying that, we're going to have a diverse outlook and lots of different opinions and I think that needs to be okay it needs to be okay for me to have a different opinion from my teammate over here or my teammate over there um, and I think we should embrace that I think that's what 
That's what makes America great. Everything that makes baseball great and Major League Baseball great, it is also the greatest parts about our country. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it needs to be okay to disagree. I don't think, you know, I, I, I think it's important to have the right to vote. Absolutely. Like, that's the found, you know, the epitome of the dream that founded our our country is to have the ability to vote and then have that vote mean something. And when, you know, we have votes so that people can express their opinion and that their opinion can then be heard. Um, and it's, it's an awful lot of power for one man to neglect that and unilaterally implement something um, when his opinion differs. And, and I, you know, I'm just a ball player. Is that right or wrong? Um, it's controversial, certainly, and I don't, I, I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, but I do know that I love and respect my teammates, and I'm going to accept their opinions on the matter. Um, and I think that's how most of Americans feel about each other. I, I think it's okay to, to, to love your, your fellow man and also disagree with them. I, I, mean, I think that's, that's part of what makes America great. See, like I said, Noah, if, if there's ever a time that I get to talk to Charlie and I'm looking forward to clubhouses actually being open and actually sitting down and talking with him one-on-one again, uh, you know, when there's something he's very passionate about or something that he can put some thought behind, he gives some amazing answers. And I mean, as we talked about, and as we heard just on the, on the topic of the game being moved, he talked for what, six, seven minutes about that. Yeah. And, and again, it's something he sees both sides of the equation. And, and that's one thing that I've always loved whenever you know, and, and you've, you've heard uh, Charlie talk as well. You know, whenever he's, he is passionate about, you know, deep, I remember a defensive stats conversation you and I were talking about uh, earlier. You know, he lays out his argument, uh, you know, and, and it's very interesting, again, to see. Yeah, and when he's, when he's passionate about something, you know it. Like with the defensive metrics, he flat out said they're garbage. I don't, I think they're worthless. Okay. You know, and, and Charlie is going to be asked his opinion about the all-star game numerous times between now and the game because of the Atlanta connection, because Charlie's one of the faces of the franchise, because uh, he very well could be there. He could be absolutely. You know, he's been the guy, don't forget that has been mic'd up during the game the last couple of years. You know, people love to hear what Charlie says. So, I have a feeling what was asked of him today will be asked several times and his, his answers will start likely getting shorter and more canned. Uh, but today's was very, very interesting to hear him kind of just speak from the heart. So, yeah, as we discussed, it's, it's going to be a hot button issue for the next few months until it happens. And with, uh, with this in general, I mean, it, it'll especially be hot in the next few months, but, who knows? It could very well continue for the rest of the season and even into 2022. Um, 
because as we've discussed on previous podcasts, the CBA is up at the end of the year. That could be a big issue even in the CBA is some of the social justice stuff in there. Or we want, for example, the players say, well, we want MLB to donate X amount to this organization for this or whatever. Um, so that, that could be a hot button issue even this offseason as well. So definitely won't be going away anytime soon. So. I agree. I agree, man. Well, and one thing that hopefully is going away sometime soon is the wrist soreness for Josh Fuentes. Uh, Bud talked about Josh in today's uh, presser, uh, said that Josh would be available uh, in the, the opening game of the series against the Diamondbacks, uh, but they were also going to do some hitting in the cage to test and see exactly where he was. So while Josh isn't in the starting lineup tonight against the Diamondbacks, don't be surprised if he does get a a pinch hitting appearance and comes back in the lineup later in the series should all go well with those tests in the cage. Yeah. And we'll have to see too, with some of the other players, how they recover from injuries. Um, Tapia's back in the lineup, um, at least as of now, unless he ends up being a late scratch. Um, as we know, he, he was taken out of the game on Saturday, if I remember correctly. Um, so we'll have to see how he is. Um, and then also, too, I mean, Herman Marquez is starting. Um, he, the overall results look very good for him on paper, but then you see the six walks that he had in four innings. He, he has a 225 ERA, which, hey, that's great. But you walk six in four innings, that's, that's a problem. So we'll see how that is tonight as well. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. And just one more thought on the pitching and injuries that ties in with John Gray. He will be making his start on Thursday. So you have Marquez on Tuesday, Senzatella on Wednesday. Gray on Thursday, Friday right now is a question mark. Uh, it could be Chichi Rodriguez giving Austin Gomber another day from what uh, we were told during the presser. Or Gomber could start on Friday with Chichi on Saturday. Uh, both those, of course, in San Francisco, Rockies. First road trip of the season, but it'll be interesting to see as we move toward that, who gets the Friday start. By the way, you mean Chi-Chi Gonzalez, not Rodriguez. Uh, you know what? I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's the combination of Derek Rodriguez and Chi-Chi Gonzalez. Maybe they, can, maybe they can both pitch. I can tell you I was having a talk with my dad earlier about the senior PGA, and that's exactly where that came from. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. So my apologies to Gigi. <laughs> so on the other side of this break, as we mentioned earlier, I have a rant about something because, you know, I have to have a rant. Um, it's not about the all-star game though. Something slightly less controversial than that, but it's a rant. Nonetheless, I'll have it on the other side of this break. And we are back here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Noah Yingling and Kevin Henry here with you. And I have a rant once again. And I, I think I've talked, I may have talked about it on another previous podcast. I know you and I have talked about it a lot. Um, obviously not on the air. But the people who want robot umpires, it, it absolutely infuriates me. I just... Okay, I, I can tell you right now, there, uh, well, 
of the umpires that are in baseball right now, there are 76 of them because it, and, uh, there's 19 crews. There's 15 on the field at any given time because 15 games, 30 teams. Um, there's two in replay and two on vacation. So therefore 19. So there's 76 full-time MLB umpires. And they, if you want, if you think umpiring is bad right now, please go look on YouTube um, and watch a game from the 70s, 80s, or 90s. Um, 99% of them are, don't have the um, express written consent of Major League Baseball to be on there, but uh, some of them do. Um, but So go watch some of those games and tell me if you think the umpiring, particularly the home plate umpiring, is better than that it is now it is not um umpiring is the best it has ever it ever has been and i can tell you right now um i would say well it's it's about half of the staff has been hired in 2009 or after and meaning a lot of the older guys like for example joe west Joe West is likely going to retire after this season because he wants to break the all-time regular season games umpiring record. Um, and he needs like 30 games to do that. So, but there a lot of these umpires now are in their 30s or 40s. They aren't in their 60s. And um, they have done a lot better job than previous umpires did. And I can tell you most of the umpires right now in baseball would tell you when we have the technology, we would absolutely love the automated strike zone. The problem is, is people think that we have the technology. We do not. Robots are not that smart yet. There's a reason why robots have not taken over the world yet. Like they predicted 30, 40 years ago, because robots aren't that smart. There's a reason why for major league baseball they tried it out in the atlantic league their the trackman system in 2019 they completely got rid of the trackman system because the electronic strike zone was so bad they completely said no we are canceling our contract with them and we are getting rid of you that is how bad it was and there were still ejections over balls and strikes when umpires would say, hey, they just told me in my ear, that's a strike. Well, I don't like it. That's not my problem. Um, and they would still get ejected over it. 2020, obviously, there wasn't any minor league baseball or Atlantic League baseball, which is not affiliated. And they are trying it in the lower levels. But even in the major leagues, the stat cast box that, or, or even the MLB game day box that is live, that has changed in the middle of the night because MLB and the computers with the pitch FX system, it is not 100% correct because they have overnight changing and there's a margin of error as well with that. So if a computer can't 100% accurately call balls and strikes in real time, 
you can't call balls and strikes the next day. There's a reason, like I said, there's a reason why robots haven't taken over the world. They aren't that smart. And when we get that technology, okay. I, like I said, umpires would love that. It's less responsibility on their part. But all of these people saying, oh, well, okay. Some of them, okay. If there's, it's six inches outside. Okay. But when it's an inch and a half off the plate, mind you, a ball is three inches. Most of the time, the, uh, the, that would actually fall into the margin of error in MLB system. So in other words, we don't have the technology yet. So like I said, complain about the big ones all you want. That's understandable. But when they're really close, robot umpires do not have that correct either. Not to mention the big 12-6 curveball that has uh, five feet of movement on it. The computer is completely baffled on that. Completely baffled. So in other words, robot strikes, uh, robot umpires calling strikes and balls is not going to happen, nor should it happen. At least yet. Any thoughts that you've got there on that? I know a lot of folks will disagree with you on that, but that is why it's Noah's rant. That's why it's my rant. And the thing is, that's my opinion on that. But you are always entitled to your own opinions. You are not entitled to your own facts. And the thing is, like I said, MLB got rid of the system in 2019 because it was so bad. They're trying a new system in the minor leagues this year. Maybe that's better. Okay, then if it's, if it's more accurate than the human, then do it. But right now, the number one calling system of balls and strikes in the world are those 76 MLB umpires. There's nobody better. Now, there's some people like, for example, Angel Hernandez, he'll always trending on Twitter. You can complain about his umpire situation handling, but the numbers say that, for example, last year on replay review, he was in the top 10 of MLB umpires because he had one overturned replay call. Balls and strikes, he's actually umpiring today. He's missed a few. But guess what? The computer is not more accurate than him right now because MLB umpires on their private system, which is different than StatCast, says that the average MLB umpire gets balls and strikes correct 98% of the time. Computers cannot do that. Yet. Yet. Yeah. There, there will come a day. There will come a day that the technology will catch up. I have no doubt. But as you said, today's not the day. Yeah. So, so in other words, don't be complaining on Twitter. And this, this is mainly for Twitter. People complaining on Twitter. Because, you know, if you're on Twitter, you have to complain about something. Right. Um, of, oh, this umpire missed this ball by three quarters of an inch. I'm mad. You'll you'll be fine. You'll live. You will. You'll be fine. <laughs> no, I have no doubt that there will be some balls and strikes that are, uh, shall we say, up for debate uh, in this Rockies Diamondback series. I have no doubt about that. 
But I also know that these three games are, you know, and you and I have talked about this, they're very important for the Rockies. Uh, I think not only to uh, get that measuring stick, but also if these first 10 games are a bellwether of where things are going, then we need to see uh, some positive things happen in these last three games at Coors Field before they hit the road. Yeah, and even when they do hit the road, they've got more NL West. Absolutely. No, it's an NL West frenzy, I tell you. It is. so. In fact, the first time they don't face the NL West is the 16th against the Mets. Yep. Yeah, they- which will be interesting. So then they'll be back at Coors again. And again, we will know they've been through their first San Francisco-LA swing. And their first road trip that is not in the NL West is a three-game road trip to St. Louis. And that's in May, I believe, right? Yep, 7th to the ninth. So, again, that's a long time without uh, that you're still in that NL West uh, yeah. mind, mind swing there. So. Yeah, and after that, uh, the next time they go uh, – the, the first time they aren't in the central or uh, – so the central time zone, Pacific or mountain is the 24th of May. There you go. So at East. Yep. Then that is a week before Memorial day. So, so any other final thoughts you've got? No, I'm interested to see how this goes. Uh, you know, I know we've got a lot of good things planned for the site. Uh, I know that there's a lot of uh, good things coming as far as us just breaking down what we saw uh, as well as maybe some behind-the-scenes stuff that you might not have caught. So how about you, Noah? Are you ready to wrap it up, man? Yep. And hope, like you said, we've got some stuff in the works. We do. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to tell you here soon. So, so hey, keep up with the rockspile.com. Follow us, RocksPileFS, on Twitter. And as always, we say, hey, go Rockies. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.